0: Welcome to Hope for the Heart. This is William Rogers speaking. I'll be bringing the message uh, this evening on uh, Revelation chapter 6. I hope that you've uh, been able to listen to a few of these. If you, if you have not, that you can look back and see the previous messages that you can uh, uh, pull up and listen to, and uh, I think you will uh, get a lot from them. But I want to read the context for this evening. It's uh, found in Revelation chapter 6. And it's uh, in verses uh, 12 and 13. Really, the whole context goes from uh, chapter uh, 6 from verse 12 all the way through 17, which is the end of that chapter. But I'm going to break this into two parts. First part being tonight, and it's going to be verses 12 and 13. And then uh, next time I will do verses 14 through 17. And I'll explain why I'm going to do that as we get into this. So I want to read from the uh, Word of God tonight to give us... A context for what I'll be speaking about tonight. Very important passage. And I hope that you will follow along and listen to this. It's found in Revelation chapter 6. The Word of God reads, beginning in verse 12, And I looked, this is John speaking, the Apostle John speaking as he's in heaven. And I looked and when he broke the sixth seal, this is the Lamb, this is Christ breaking the sixth seal, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth made of hair, and the whole moon became like blood. And the stars of the sky fell to the earth as a fig tree cast its unripe figs when shaken by a great wind. And then the context goes on to describe that same event or that day. So we've been looking at these, uh, these seals that are being broken on this scroll, or this, uh, we, we looked at a book, and the first one we saw peeled away was a peace, brought peace, and of course we said that was a false peace. The second one brings war, and the third one was famine, and then the fourth one was pestilence, which could be natural disasters. The fifth one that we looked at last time was vengeance, and uh, it's the fifth seal broken, and there we have uh, the martyrs uh, that have died on the earth during the tribulation period uh, uh, under the throne, and they're praying a prayer of for vengeance upon uh, these people, uh, whom shed their blood, and so the it's, it's being exemplified here, uh, and then in, in the sixth seal is it, the sixth seal is a different one. Is it's a it's a, a, a seal that's broken and it brings fear, uh, a powerful emotion, and it brings it upon all of the people left on the earth at this time. Now, I want you to understand something as we get into this because I, I know I've said it a few times, but I'm still, you know, how you worry about things just not being made clear and. Do people really understand? But when you look at chapter 6, you could basically take chapter 6 and lay it on your your desk, the whole chapter 6, lay it on your desk, and read the chronology of this, each seal broken, all the way through the end of chapter 6, and you see a summary view, uh, almost like a a painting on a canvas of the the full tribulation period on earth. That means seven years. This chapter 6 covers all seven years. These first few... The first four seals are the beginning of the birth pains that Matthew chapter 24 talks about. And then we see the fifth seal, which actually is symbolic of the or picture of the, the middle way or the midway through the tribulation period or the end of the three and a half years and the beginning of the second three and a half years. And we see that at that time, there's all these people that have been killed upon the earth and they're, they're under the altar and they're crying out a prayer of vengeance. And then when we get to the sixth seal, we're looking at the end of the tribulation period. And I, I know I've had people ask me this because it's confusing. You look at this section here, and it looks like a second coming of Christ. It looks like Christ, if he, if it, even if you say it's not a second coming, then it looks like everybody on the earth sees Christ, and they do, actually. So what is that event? What is this event described in verses 12 through 17? Well, that's what I want to explain because I want you to understand that uh, Revelation chapter 6 is a summary view of the whole book of Revelation, uh, all of the judgments. And so when I get to the sixth seal, I'm looking at the end of the tribulation period. And then when we get to chapter 7, it begins to go back and fill in the gaps, fill in the specifics of the whole time. And then from from 7 on to 19, it fills those gaps in so that this event here, from 12 through 17, is going to be described again in Revelation 19. And that's the passage that describes the second coming of Jesus Christ. And so this particular section here, verses 12 through 13, is the seal is broken and there is a fear that is stirred up among God's people. Uh, I mean among the, the people on the earth. And so... It's one that needs to be looked at. It's one that's a very uh, powerful thing. So as we look at this, the, the, the pretty much the subject could be just fear. In fact, I almost called this passage uh, tonight, Scared to Death. Uh, but instead, I'm going to call it a terrifying act of God. That's what I'm going to title it. So this fear is, is, is something that we're all familiar with, the, the emotion of fear. There's People have all kinds of fears. There's a fear of disease, fear of injury. There's always a fear of death or the the loss of a family member. I heard that twice this week. There's a fear of public speaking. There's fears of uh, the, uh, of certain. Well, actually, almost everything people can be scared of. COVID has brought a tremendous amount of fear. I have seen more fear even among Christians than uh, than, than probably should be uh, exemplified. But there, there's fears among people. Uh, so many people, and and that's part of our makeup and our. I mean, some people say, if I, I talked to them, they would say, Well, I fear snakes, or I, spear, I fear spiders, or all kinds of insects, or all these things. And all those are really just part of fairly normal things, just stuff that's part of life. But it's amazing how many people have fears and phobias about normal things, as well as inventing bizarre things like fearing certain colors or so forth. But people fear all kinds of things. But rarely are they afraid of what we're really told of in the Bible to be afraid of. And that is we're being afraid of. And I want to read this verse to you to answer that. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 31 says this. It is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. God says vengeance is mine. I will repay. The Lord will judge his people. Now that is something people ought to be afraid of. Cats and dogs, mice, uh, ghost, whatever people are scared of, demons, or or colors, or, or work, or are just minimal. These are normal issues in life, but if people are going to have a phobia, they ought to have one that's uh, that actually scared of, uh, of fear falling into the hands of the living God. But I want to read you another one, because in, in Luke chapter 12, verse 5, there's another one that we're being warned that Christ is talking. He says, I will warn you, uh, 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 whom to fear. Jesus is talking. I want to tell you who do you fear. In, in in the verse before that, he said, don't be afraid of those who kill the body. Don't be afraid of anything that could harm you physically. Let me tell you who to fear. Fear the one who, after he has killed, has the authority to cast into hell. Now, that came from Jesus himself. Yes, uh, yes I, I'm telling you, fear him, meaning fear God. Who's that? It's God. Fear God. That's who you are to fear with the, the fears that would be, a, 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 I guess, like a scriptural fear. Fear falling into the hands of the living God. Jesus knew his father well. He said, fear him because after he has killed, he has the authority to cast into hell. Boy, that puts a whole different level on fear. But this fear in this scripture is a, is a similar kind of thing. It's actually describing this in some way and I want to I want to preface that by giving you another verse and you can write this verse or you ought to write this verse location down. It's found in Luke chapter 21 verse 26. Luke chapter 21 verse 26. You can underline that, write it down somewhere and just go back and read it later. I'm going to give it to you now, but it's very important. Luke 21, uh, verse 25 says, And there will be signs in the sun, the moon, the stars, and upon the earth, dismay among nations, and perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves. Verse 26, here it is. And there will be signs in the sun. Oh, no, I just read that. Men will be fainting from fear and from the expectation of the things which are coming upon the world, for the powers of heaven will be shaken. Uh, and that's an interesting thing there. It says that... Uh, Men will fear, uh, fainting from fear. And uh, that's the way it reads in my New American Standard. I don't know what, I didn't check each translation. But men will faint from fear. The word faint there is a word that appears only in this verse in the New Testament, and it, it doesn't really mean fear. It means to die. Literally breathe out their last breath. When the day comes of this event we're talking about in Revelation 6, Luke 21 is talking about the same exact event. But when that day comes, there will be such a fear among the people that they will literally be scared to death. That's why I almost labeled it, entitled this, Scared to Death. Some will literally die on the spot when this scene happens in Revelation 6. And that's why I wanted to bring it to you. There will be really no escape. There's really nothing they can do. Uh, They are left to respond to this fear in a way that is actually... Uh, remarkable but it's an unbelievable scene as I have read these two verses to you and you can think about this happening if you go outside and you're going to say ride your bike or you're going to go for a walk and this suddenly happens what would you do if you see the earth uh, there's a great earthquake and the sun becomes black as sackcloth made of hair the moon becomes like blood and the stars from the sky fall to the earth Uh, You talk about frightening, that is frightening. So with this comes uh, the the recognition that these people on earth have already been through these first four seals, and they have seen a lot. So when the sixth seal comes, God is actually acting without man being involved. He comes to a level of intervention that is uh, wholly and solely his own. He's paralyzing, and this is a paralyzing and terrifying event act of God. And obviously by this time, we've learned that these people have been through so much. And so when they get to this point, man, they are actually very, very fearful. But what does the world have to do? What are they going to do? Well, that's why I want to get this into two parts. This first part, I'm talking about the reasons for the fear. That's not a title. That's just, that would be an outline subtitle. And then next week, I'm going to talk about the results of the fear. They actually have the results of this fear. And so this is a a very, very important message. And I don't want to give a whole message on, on just fear, but I do want to say that the earth has been coming through some terrible things by the time this happens. And so it's no wonder they're going to have the response that they're going to have. So as we said the birth pains have begun there's been a false peace there's war breaking out people are fighting one another there's famine there's pestilence and uh, we talked about the killer sent out from the throne and uh, that was the the sword the famine the pestilence and the beast of the earth and then and then all of a sudden this happens so uh, it is a, it is a terrifying terrifying thing and just a footnote there that uh, this great day of wrath has come. And what does that tell you? Uh, well, it tells us uh, a lot, and that's their response next week. But in response to that, there's a footnote that I want to give you that Revelation 6, that six, we're talking about here, verses 12 through 17, fits exactly into the chronology of Matthew chapter 24. It follows exactly that. In Matthew 24, you can write it down. You can see the, 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 four seals, or the four seals being broken. They're not called seals there. They're called the beginning of birth pains. You get to verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those things, uh, the sun will become darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the sky, the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Well, that's what we're reading here. And then the sign of the Son of Man will come. Well, that's going to be next week. And so we see the events are described exactly. And you'll notice just prior to Matthew 24, verse 24, the false Christ, the false prophets are all teaching and proclaiming all the way to the end that peace is still going to come. So Luke twenty-one follows the same pattern as Matthew twenty-four and revelation six. Joel chapter two sees the same exact event, a day of darkness in verse two, a day of gloom, a day of clouds, thick darkness. And in verse ten, the earth will have will quake and the heavens will tremble. Verse thirty, wonders in the sky and wonders to the earth uh, blood, fire and columns of smoke. So Joel saw the same event. Uh, Isaiah sees the same event just briefly in chapter 29 of Isaiah, verse 6 The Lord of hosts will come and you will be punished with thunder, earthquake, loud noise, whirlwind, tempest, and flames of a consuming fire. This particular scene is described and it's featuring uh, six things here that he's going to give us. I'm not going to cover all six found in verses 12 and 13, but I will cover a few. And these six things are quite simply, and I'm, I'm, I'm just trying not to pause much, but the first one you'll notice is there is a great earthquake. Well, that word in itself is not actually a good translation because an earthquake is actually a combination of two words, earth and quake. You think, well, that's, that's simple. But the word quake there is, a, is the word used here that means a great shaking or an agitating or the world or the earth. Uh, is being shaken by a, a great uh, measuring shaking that is talking about. In other words, it's not necessarily an earthquake. It's uh, it's larger than probably anything the earth has ever experienced, and this will be the summation of it because we're going to see earthquakes all through the tribulation period. In fact, Daniel talks about it. Joel talks about it. Uh, Amos even talks about it. Uh, So there are going to be a lot of earthquakes, but this one, when it says a great earthquake, really ought to be translated, there is a great shaking. And that shaking is going to be uh, in the heavens, in other words, the universe, it's as though God is going to shake the universe. It should actually be rendered, and there was a great shaking. Because it's not just the earth, is what I'm, I'm, I guess I'm having a hard time getting to, but that's what I mean, it's not, in other words, it's not just an earthquake, it is a uh, a shaking of the heavens, it's a shaking of the, the, the planets, it's a shaking of the solar system, it's a shaking of all that is up there, the moon, the sun, the stars, everything. Every mountain and island is even moving. The shaking is more than an earthquake. It's a seismos, which is the word used there that we use for seismograph. It's the shaking of the entire universe. That's the word used in verse 12 of Revelation 6. When he says, I saw when he broke the sixth seal, there was a shaking of the universe. And then the rest actually makes more sense. The sun becomes black and then so on. So the first thing is the earthquake. Uh, that, this, that, that this translation calls an earthquake, but it's really a universe a uni- universe shake or a, uh, a, a heaven shake or atmosphere shake. It's all shaking. Uh, and so this is something that God does, and, and we've seen math, uh, earthquakes every, all over the Scripture. Earthquakes have always been associated with the second coming. It's associated in Matthew chapter 24. It's associated anytime people give a a thing of the signs of the times. Earthquakes frighten people. They create phobias. Uh, They always have and they always will. But this shaking is going to be so much more. But yet it's going to be an an earthquake because the earth will quake and shake enough So that they will feel it, but it's going to be so much larger than that that it's going to affect the whole universe around them. I can't even imagine what would be on the minds of people as they are experiencing this. Like I said, if you were to go outside and all of a sudden experience this, it would be a very frightening thing. Because men always uh, count on a stable universe. They always count on dawn and Darkness and the sun coming up, and things always continuing the rotation of the earth and the seasons as it moves in orbit. Man always uh, demands uniformity in his world, and, and it's going to be a very shocking time. So, the first thing that John sees is the the quaking of the the universe around him, and it will definitely be affected on earth. In other words, everybody on earth will feel it. That's the first thing he describes. The second element, look at it there in verse twelve. The second element is, after the earthquake, is the sun becomes black. And it says, even specifically, black as sackcloth made of hair. The sackcloth was what people wore to a funeral. Sackcloth... Uh, was a rough garment that you wore when you wanted to mourn someone. You would put it over yourself like a robe, and it went all the way to the floor so that none of you was seen. You wouldn't want to draw attention to any part of yourself while mourning the death of someone else. Black sackcloth of hair simply means that the sackcloth was woven most likely out of black goat's hair. It was very dark, very black, And that's how the sun will be, as black as black mourner's robe made out of goat's hair will will be. Uh, This shaking, everything, the upheaval is so enormous that it blackens out the sun. Now, how does it blacken out the sun? Well, because this is a judgment of God, and that's how it blackens out. As far as specifically, I don't know. And I've read so many other... Commentaries on how it was going to happen, but the fact is, it's going to happen. I don't know how God's going to blacken it out except to just turn off the light. That's how I think He's going to do it. But the second thing is that uh, this, this blackness is, is in the Bible. Uh, this is black as sackcloth, but the blackness God has always used as, as a type of judgment. Blackness and darkness has always been associated with. With judgment all the way through the Old Testament. When God judged Egypt, he brought that thick blackness. You could probably remember that. When God came to Mount Sinai to lay down the law, it was uh, surrounded with a black cloud and thunderings and lightnings upon that mountain. Uh, They called it the mountain of God. So when God judged his son, you remember, on the cross for our sins. From noon till 3, the world went black again. Uh, Isaiah looked at this judgment time, and he saw the blackness. It was revealed to him you can read about it in Isaiah chapter 13, verse 9. Uh, but, but this has always been the association uh, that, that the Lord says, even in, in, in uh, Isaiah. He says, Thus I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their iniquity. I will put an end to the arrogance of the proud and abase the haughtiness of the ruthless. verse 13, I will make the heavens tremble and the earth will be shaken from its place at the fury of the Lord of hosts in the day of his burning anger. Well, there you go. That pretty much describes it. And so the the sun will be uh, black. That's the second element here, or feature mentioned in this day that's going to be a terrifying act of God. God does the shaking of the universe, number one. God does the blackening of the sun. That's number two. But the next thing says and the whole moon become like blood. Now, I have read in commentary after commentary that if the sun is black, the moon cannot be red because the moon reflects the light of the sun. Well, the blackened sun, of course, then, is going to hide the moon because it reflects the sun. Joel the prophet said the sun and the moon will grow dark, uh, as I read you earlier from Joel. God says, I will display wonders in the sky and the earth, blood, fire, columns of smoke, The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, before that great and awesome day. How does that happen? I don't know. Does the sun have to have a, a glow from the sun? I mean, does the moon have to have a glow from the sun to be red? You know, or can God just make the moon red? Well, I tend to think he can make the moon red. Perhaps this is a process. Perhaps in the process of turning the sun black, it glows so dark that it turns the moon into a blood color Red uh so I, I don't know how this happens uh, i I've, I've read so many things on people spending page after page trying to say he didn't really mean blood, he meant dark, but uh, you know if it says here in verse twelve, the whole moon became like blood. I think he's very specific there, and I think God knew exactly the words he was choosing to give John to write about, and then the fourth thing here, so we see the 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 Lord causes. This act of God causes the shaking in the universe, number one. Number two, the sun becoming black, that's the act of God. Number three, the whole moon turning blood, God does that too. And then number four, verse 13, And the stars of the sky fell to the earth as a fig tree cast its unripe figs when shaken by a great wind. So this fourth feature, out of blackness, the stars of the sky fell to the earth. Well, it would be a great time to see stars or planets, what, whichever they are here, being moved out of their location because they will actually uh, go through the atmosphere on fire and you would be able to see that. Uh, it can refer to any celestial body, large or small, not limited to what we know as stars because we know there's planets up there. A star that is millions times larger than our own sun uh, could refer to asteroids or meteor, which are all part of these uh, uh, particles uh, in space. Uh, obviously, if it meant stars, it would just burn up long before it ever got here. But yet, we would see it falling. We would see, and we, we've seen I, as, as kids. We used to lay out and look for what we call shooting stars or meteor shower. Uh, we we see. In fact, there's a meteor shower coming here in a few few weeks. I heard that on the news. Uh, an asteroid shower or meteor shower. Scientists, by the way, have speculated for years about all of this, and there's an unbelievable destruction that it would create. And I think that's what what John is seeing here. He's seeing certainly the stars are involved in the whole universe being shaken, and they begin to move out of their orbits. They begin to function in a random way, spinning or perhaps whirling in space, and the whole collapsing universe begins to disintegrate. The Earth is then uh, pro- probably being pounded by these meteors, and I, I can't even imagine what all that's not written here. But it's going to be quite the disturbance. And the interesting thing about this, as I look at this, is it just brings to mind that if if this massive uh, meteor shower that I'm going to call it, it it sounds like that's basically what it's calling it here, what are people going to do? Where are they going to go? Is it going to create a panic on the earth because the world has been through so much, as I mentioned, so much they've been through. And then, and then just to take a sneak peek at what happens next, which is what we talk about next week, look at what verse 14 says. And even with all those six features, six things that happen, uh, it says, well, actually, four things that happen. It says the, the, the sky will split apart like a scroll when it is rolled up. That's number five. That's the fifth thing we're going to see is uh, to bring about this fear among the people on the earth. Remember now, I said that this week we're going to look at the reasons for the fear. Next week, we're going to look at the results of the fear. So the reasons of the fear is that God is, doing a, is, is, is in the midst of a terrifying act of God and the people on earth are going to see it They're going to feel it. They're going to sense it. They're going to fear it so much because we would. We would by nature fear it. Our own universe, our earth, is going to become unsteady, unsettled, uh, and and it's going to be a a scene that (coughs) sounds like something out of a movie, doesn't it, to see all of this. And so the natural question would be, well, what are people going to do? What are they going to say or what are they going to think? What are they going to feel? Are they going to try to hide? Are they going to, What are they going to do? Well, let me ask you. If you were in this situation, what do you think you would do? Now, you being who I'm talking to now, if you're listening to this, if you are a believer, you might say, well, if I wasn't a believer and this happened, I would repent. Man, I would fall on my knees and cry out to God to save me. Uh, and then the my others might say, "Man, I, I would just—I don't know what I would do." But if you're hearing my voice now, and you're a believer, you are—you are going to be uh, probably at a loss for what to do. You—you you can't imagine this kind of thing. I can't imagine this happening to the earth tomorrow. I can't. I can't. I can't imagine the—the—the the, the panic and the turmoil and the—the the fear among people. I would imagine the fear is going to be so bad that it, it's going to be awful. But remember now, I read you in Luke chapter 21, that in Luke chapter 21, now knowing what the scene is, in Luke chapter 21, verse 26, it says, men fainting from fear and the expectation of the things which are coming upon the world. In other words, they know something is coming after this, and they are fearful of it, which I told you was, this. they're not fainting they're dying. People will literally die because the fear is so great. Now, can you imagine that kind of thing on this earth? Can you imagine that kind of thing being faced with and and what it would do to, well, you know, first of all, life's never going to return normal again. Boy, this is it. We may not have tomorrow. We may not have tonight. Uh, I don't know But next week, we're going to be able to give you the results of this. I know you're going to read ahead, and that's okay. Because we're looking at the reasons. The reason for the fear is a terrifying act of God. I think they're going to know it's God doing this. And we're going to see that next week. We're going to see what do they actually know. What do they think is actually happening at this point? Going to be exciting. So for now, this is William Rogers and you've been listening to Hope for the Heart. We've been looking at Revelation chapter 6 uh, and it, what a tremendous chapter 6 actually is. What a tremendous chapter it is. And so we've been looking at this verses 12 and 13. So next week, if you'll join us next week, we're going to look at chapter 6 verses 14 through 17 and be looking at the, re- the results of the fear that is caused in this first two verses of this passage. Thank you again for joining us. We're living in some exciting days, and they are already becoming terrifying days. As we are watching closely our country just slipping away, you know, can our country be brought back to the America we love? I don't know. I see nothing but warning signs all along the way that the world is being set up it's like a chess board being set up uh, to play chess. And the, the, the stage is becoming set for these events to begin happening. And boy, it will come like a fury. It will come fast. Are we close? I certainly think we are. But you're, don't, you're not going to hear me give any kind of dates because I don't know. I just know one thing. I hope and pray that you, if you do not know Christ, you will call out to Christ to save you to call upon Him to, to change your heart, to repent of your sins, and call on Him to be your Lord and your Savior. I would not want to live in these days. And you know, for Christians that are already believers, we are not going to be here. It's not going to happen for us. So I thank you for listening today. Join us again next week as we will continue looking at Revelation chapter 6, the results of the fear brought about for the, from this terrifying act of God. Thank you again.